Oh my God, I don't even know where to start. If people follow the guidance of realtors, that definitely can yield results. That is the driving force behind what even sells a house. The longer somebody's days on market is, the more you gotta ask why. And I'm like, well, you don't have to tell me twice. I hate that with the power of a blaring sun. I can't stand it. I don't think it does us any favors in the real estate industry. Undervaluing? Yeah. Total chaos. That got a little bit deeper than I had expected it to. Welcome back to Millennia, the no BS real estate solutions for millennials, entertaining you while facing real life issues and giving you the tools, resources, and know-how to keep you moving up towards your housing goals. We're your hosts, Jen Anusky and Seth Lejeune, coming out of the greater Philadelphia area, and we are Millennia. Welcome back to another episode of Millennia. Welcome back to Millennia. <laughs> Fun fact, so... This episode is how real estate and dating are basically the same thing. The first part, which is today's episode, is going to be all about days on market and what that means for everybody involved and how that relates to the dating world. The topic of this came up because I've had this running joke with my client who knows who he is and we constantly joke about real estate and about my love life and how both of them are just a hot mess <laughs> and chaotic. He always says, the longer somebody's days on market is, the more you got to ask why. And I'm like, well, you don't have to tell me twice. We're just going to unpack that. Yeah. It's funny. It's educational. And it's relatable. And it's relatable. Yeah. And it's relatable. And I, just as a background, I am not in the dating world. I am happily married for 21 years and I have never been on a dating app or anything. I married my college sweetheart. My perspective here is going to be much less valid because I have been off the market for uh, many years. That's why this is not a dating advice podcast and it's a real estate and podcast. That, that's You're going to provide value there where I also can, fortunately and unfortunately. Yeah. I have been out in the thick of things for more than six years. Sure. And, and it's not like it was like much better before that. I have a lot of people in my world who are on the younger side who are dating. I'm not, not naive to the challenges that dating presents now. And the and dating world today for millennials specifically is so different than what it ever was before yeah with these freaking dating apps with the yeah. just like everybody having this feeling of there's just options everywhere mm -hmm. that part doesn't necessarily relate to real estate no no that does not <laughs> we'll get into that on episode two when we talk about inventory it is just so much more of a struggle but i just constantly find these just parallel lines between my two worlds yeah. we're gonna talk about that Okay. let's start since this episode is all about days on market what is that days on market is basically the counter that starts when you list a property for sale, it just starts counting the days. It's very simple. Yeah. Data, something that's on the market for two days versus 200 days, two totally different properties. Whenever a client sends me a property, I immediately look to see how long it's been on the market because that's a different strategy and I got to put my shoes on and we got to go see this thing. 200 days, there's that means countless amount of buyers have been through it and have said no, or it's been on and off market a million times, which has its, presents its own problems. It's really the first metric that you look at to see how attractive a property could possibly be to your bar. There are three things that attribute to selling a house. So three things sell a house, and they are? Price, condition, location. And we're going to talk about all three of those today way more in depth, Nailed. and I love that. Nailed it. You're doing so well, Seth. I, I told you you could provide value. <laughs> <laughs> Something that you do want to look at is the days on market because it does tell you a lot and it makes you want to ask a lot of questions. The longer they're available, the more you question why. Too many, what's wrong with you? Too few, did you even think about it or do your due diligence? Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. <laughs> uh, if somebody's been off the mar on the market for a really long time and they're just being picky, hmm? 
I guess that could essentially be like, it's been on the market for a while, but it's just a really unique house. It needs a specific buyer. Yeah. That's it. I have that minutes later. Look at you getting ahead of things. Also, here's an example. Um, as far as like people just rushing into things, agents get really eager to keep their days on market really low because of the market is low it shows that they did a really great job selling it and promoted it really well so typically there are times where an agent will put a house on the market on a friday and then set an offer deadline for a sunday mm -hmm. how do you feel about that i hate that with the power of a blaring sun i can't stand it it i don't think it does us any favors in the real estate industry if you guys have been listening to this podcast at all and if you listen to it in the future you're going to know that I'm very uh, protective of the consumer experience. The idea of putting a property on the market to start showings on a Friday and asking for offers by Sunday night, I think is untenable for a lot of people. First of all, even if they do go in on a Friday and they see it and they love it, sometimes it can take a couple of days for them to decide whether they really want it or they got to get with their lender. So I am not a fan of that. I'd like at least three maybe even four days on market before offers are called. And in the same sense, if you just like rush into something, then, you know, A, like a confused mind should say no. So you just jump into the everything. So many other possible options that could have loved that house and could have actually had the opportunity to offer on it are now out of the game because you just wanted to set something down in a hard deadline of, I don't want to wait. I don't want to give the other people the opportunity to have an opportunity for this. If any agents are watching this, please stop setting Sunday deadlines when you go active on Friday. Yeah. For the love please. of God. Yeah. We're out. I'm probably still doing showings at five o'clock. I'm probably writing my offer at five o'clock. Yes. Buyers need time to like sleep and think on things and be able to just like, even if they do love it and it doesn't say anything of the fact that they didn't want it enough, sometimes people need to process. Yeah. And like sleep on it and be able to know even just psychologically that like they did give it the right amount of consideration before actually acting on it. It really does diminish the consumer experience. And I always tell I always tell listing agents and buyers agents, depending on which side of the table I'm on, there's so much that buyers can control in this market. Mm -hmm. That is something us realtors can do to take some of the pressure off of these people. The listing agent who lists a property and it's due in two minutes and I need thy offers now, they'll be on the other side of a transaction at some point. And I know they would appreciate having the ability to have a break and not only for the buyer, but just for the realtor too, especially during like football season or, oh you we know, got four, we got too many 430 games this season. Yeah, like. yeah 430 <laughs> games. That's a selfish thing, but there is also just a quality of life and a quality of life aspect to us realtors. We're all running around like crazy to have to turn around come home, kiss the kids, tell the wife, okay, I got to go hunker for two hours while I organize an offer. On or if you're night. like me, you're going home to your child who has already been dragged around with you all day on your showings, who wants to just play and you got to be like, oh, sorry, mommy's got to come write 5 million offers. That's right. So I'm very, very cognizant of, uh, of that. And w when I, I, when I list a property, I'm the same way. I always try to give people as much time as I can. Now, sometimes your seller's like, Hey, I want to see everything on Sunday night. Cause I want to be under contract and start my work day. But if you can try to get them to go to a Monday deadline or a Sunday night deadline, but like later at eight and it's been on the market for days, that's different. Like I just had a property I listed. It was Sunday night, <laughs> but I had it coming soon for seven days. And then it was listed Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's five days. He it's was like, really sure to be able to defend the fact that he set a Sunday deadline. <laughs> it's OK. It was not what I'm talking about. Just to unpack a little bit more. So we talked about the three things that sell a home, price, condition, location. 
going to start with price here. So price equals value. So what happens when you price a house too high? Uh, you run a very high risk of it sitting meaning no one would put in an offer even in this market. So even in 2021, when you could just list anything, people were like, oh, you can list it for whatever you want. And they'll just, no, I mean, every market has its limit. But if you list it too high, it's going to sit. Mm-hmm. It will still sit. Or you might get an offer, but you won't get a bidding war. No. And Your then, options are far more limited. Far more far limited. More limited. I'm going to see this as with value of houses, like your, your own self-worth, not to get too deep. Like I said, this is not a dating podcast. <laughs> I am not the one to take advice from on that end. But are they asking more than what they're actually worth? Are they in, so, and then there's some people where days on market are really long and it's because the house is overpriced. Why can't you ration with your seller to bring the price down to what it's actually worth then? So is that seller just completely unreasonable? And if they're this unreasonable, to face reality of what their home is actually worth, are they really gonna be nice to work with throughout the rest of the transaction? Probably not. Oh, probably, probably, probably don't want to date that person. Exactly. You're exactly. Getting I'm getting it. it. <laughs> He's getting it. Are they willing to put in the work to get the value for it? Say somebody does want certain price for the house, but they don't want to make any improvements. There you go. He's getting it. Yeah. So a house could be worth what you want to get for it if you do xyz if you replace your broken countertops if you paint the house honestly sometimes it could be as small as just painting other times maybe you do need to just remodel a bathroom Mm -hmm. or make it and we're going to talk about that in another episode too the roi on home improvements and luckily this for sellers like there's not a whole lot of that going on where you have to renovate do major renovations i just sold a property and the seller was so excited because we got a lot of offers and it was a wild success i said helen you you just did everything i told you to do we fixed the garage door opener and we fixed this and we did these little minor things and we painted a couple things here or there it makes all the difference if people follow the guidance of realtors that definitely can yield results and it's not about eighty thousand dollar kitchen remodel it's just like hey paint that and it can move in the timeline that you would ideally like to see for yourself yeah only making your life a lot easier then there's the people who definitely think that it's better than it really is Mm -hmm. and those people are like no i know what i have yeah and you're like does oh, estimate I am that one right now but yeah people are just like uh they think that I know what I have and no I'm not changing the price because this is what I know it's worth when the market is telling you otherwise yes <laughs> maybe you should listen to it you're limiting your options completely there could be somebody who actually matches very well with the house <laughs> and they could be out there but you're not priced correctly fix it adjust it Be what you're worth. So in the dating world, how does that work? Adjusting it and becoming what you're worth. Okay. If you want a certain kind of person, Mm -hmm. but you've got some work to do, you should probably work on yourself to be deserving of the one who is actually trying to go for that kind of a price point. So it's basically a high price uh, over over sense of value of oneself. Mm -hmm. Higher higher self-esteem than they deserve. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. It's not something that's like just a fixed amount. It's ever-changing. You can do things to control it. Yeah. Some people just choose not to. So then let's go to if something is priced correctly. Okay. 
what happens. There's a lot of people who probably will have interest in that house. It also has the right amount of people that are interested in it. And or the more right, people. Yeah. The right people who should be looking at it, the qualified people. It's getting scooped up fast because you know what it's worth. You attract the right and qualified people, which mm-hmm. is what you want. The one who really appreciates it is the one who's actually going to get it. Yeah. Because they're looking at the right place. Yeah. And so you price it for the people who are meant to have it. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, when something is priced too low... Then you get, God, absolutely everybody coming to see it. Mm-hmm. You got investors coming, people who just want to like something to fix, yeah. which is, n- <laughs> hear this if you're going to hear anything. What I can't wait to hear what you're about to say. <laughs> hear this. If you're priced too low, undervaluing yourself, you're going to attract the investors and the fixers. And that is not necessarily something that you want because guess what? No one person can fix a person. Price yourself correctly so that somebody isn't trying to make a project out of you and make you into what they want to make out of you. It's only going to profit them, but not necessarily you. Jenna Nusky Dating Advice Services. There it is. She should start listening to her own advice. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, and same goes for houses. You know, something is priced uh, under value, and I'm talking like significantly, not strategically. I I underpriced a house, and it was really hard. It was not easy to find other houses like it. It was that one in Willow Grove where we had seven agents on the team all taking leads. We were signing the agreement to sale, and there were investors bursting or breaking into the basement. Oh my God, like actually? Like they were literally trying to find a way. I locked the door Don't let any investor break into your basement. Yeah, no, but we were literally signing the agreement to sale and they they didn't even make an appointment to see it. They just came over because they- Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, and it it was crazy. So I'd throw a bunch of investors out of a house and then just tell my seller, sign here. We'll put put this whole thing to bed right now. (laughs) So yeah, undervaluing? Yeah. Total chaos. And in the dating world, it's someone with low self-esteem. They invite, come one, come all. And I get that. Yeah, you can't filter through who actually belongs there and who doesn't. You're getting people who are not qualified for what that house is actually worth. Mm-hmm. They're going to make out as a steal and like you are not. And it could be worth more. And you know it's worth more. But you're okay with settling. Yeah. You know, you yeah, have, you never know. You could have your agent telling you all a live long day. Or if you're doing for sale by owner and you undervalue your property. That's my take on price. Okay. Are you understanding it a little bit more? Are you I, getting where this is I, going? Are you I, picking up I, what I'm throwing down? I, I feel like I am being coached up as we speak. <laughs> Seth is going to be a relationship coach by the end of this I episode. I am not <laughs> going to be a relationship coach by any stretch. As far as like days on market goes, really big impact on that is if it's being priced correctly. Yep. When you price it correctly, it's going to move in the appropriate amount of time. You're going to get the qualified people who actually are deserving of the house. And you're going to have your life move at the pace that you actually intend for it to go. Got it. All right. So now we're going to talk about condition. Condition. This is the one I'm interested in. So you got your your value up, and then it's a matter of condition. Something that will make the house sit for a while is if it is uh, not in the best shape for the right person. You go in. Does it smell? (laughs) Does it have issues that a licensed professional should really be dealing with. I'll let everybody else translate that. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we might need a translation on that. Well, okay. So say you get a house that just needs a little bit of work and that's totally fine. But is it something that is, you can change out a switch plate for an outlet? Or is it electrical work that needs a licensed contractor or electrician to be taken care of? Got it. So you're When you're dating somebody, if they need some work... Is it something that you can handle or is it something that a therapist, a licensed professional 
therapist needs to be dealing with. Got it. I got to understand now. There he goes. That's probably my biggest one here. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Know the work that it needs and know who needs to be the one handling it. Does it have abandonment issues? You mean vacant? Is it vacant? Yeah. Yeah. And what can go wrong if it has abandonment issues? I don't know. I don't have abandonment issues. (laughs) I mean you. (laughs) Must be nice. (laughs) I Uh, mean in a house. You're talking about a house? This time I'm talking about a house. Yeah, yeah. If it's not staged and it's just, yeah, it looks like someone's just moved out and left it for for dead. It stays over the winter. It's not winterized. You got pipes freezing. You've got. Neglected. You've got critters. You've got animals. You've got potential leaks that no one's tending to. That type of thing. So abandonment issues that you're not dealing with. That if you had a licensed professional to deal with them, then it might actually go a little bit better. And if you were aware of them and are actually being self-aware, I think he's getting it. And as far as condition goes too, it doesn't necessarily mean that something has to be wrong with it, but it could just be something that's so unique. It's not everybody's taste. Yeah. And it just takes that right person coming in to see that. If the conditioning is not right, it makes sense for both dating and for a home <laughs> as it's really just comes down to whether something's marketable or not. Yeah. I hate to say if, per, if a person is marketable, but that's frankly all the dating sites are. Marketing is going to be in part two, but even as far as condition goes, say it's a little rough, needs some work. How about before you put it on the market for other people, you take the time to actually address the things that need to be addressed because the more effort and work that you put into presenting it to be like actually sustainably correct and whole, the better your chances are going to be for it to be scooped up. Yes. And you're going to just be spinning your wheels. If it's not, if it, if the house isn't prepped, you're going to spin your wheels and you're going to lose your chance to make a good first impression. Exactly. And then it's going to have your house sit on the market forever and ever and ever and have people question why. Let me ask you about dating apps because I'm not on these platforms. But what is like the biggest mistake that men or women make on dating sites is it like the kind of picture they have or is it no no details too much detail mother issues like you know unfortunately you don't find about the find out about those until it's too late oh my god i don't even know where to start what i hate 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 so on dating apps there's like an order of pictures and they go down I don't, whatever i don't know okay <laughs> I have no so idea. Just grab my phone. And I show assume it to there's you. some some kind of a list, but yes, I get it. it is yeah. all in list form. List form um, with filters and that kind of stuff. Uh, I would idea. assume most of our audience knows more about this than me, but you can talk to me like I'm. All right, I'm so a, I'm a, whew, I'm a we're going person. back to like basics here on the dating app. It's picture information, a little bit more blurbs information, and then pictures. The first picture that you even see is your first impression. Mm-hmm. What blows my mind is when I see somebody on there and the picture that they consciously chose to represent themselves. And I think you intentionally chose that as your best first impression. So bad pictures. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there are times in and it's like, and is we that how you see yourself? Is that the best thing that you could well put i up think there? i would assume that in the dating world maybe people are trying to go for that authentic and not trying to be fake or is that or- i mean like the back of your head i mean i have like no idea who you are uh, it's like your dog which i love dogs but like <laughs> who the hell are you yeah 
Okay. And or like some grainy picture that's like completely out of focus or somebody who's like taking a picture from the bottom of their chin or that's dirty mirror picture. That's your best. But what wouldn't a headshot or something too polished to make it seem polished like just like a happy picture. Okay. Just something that is yourself. But man. Oh, okay. So that's the it's biggest mistake. Brutal. That's the biggest mistake. Yes. Is the, is the I, well, first that's, impression. That's what I, I can't say what the biggest one is. I'd really have to think that way. I said I wasn't going to tie it back to real estate, but definitely it's in real estate. It's these pictures. And there are people who list homes with like sideways pictures, out of focus pictures that you Thumbs know have in been in the like <laughs> no like like low resolution pictures because they've been like saved and saved a million times. Like rentals are notorious for this because the turnover on those are high. So you usually will list it every year. And that you're using the same old pictures. You can tell whether someone uses their Facebook page a lot by their profile picture. If it's really out of focus, they haven't changed it in like years. Mm-hmm. I get it. The first impression, I mean, pictures obviously, I mean, I hate to say it's a superficial world we live in, but it's totally the and truth. You can't even tell it's conditioned either. It's such a good question and a good thing to bring up. Okay. We're going to dive into it in part two of this okay. because there is a lot to go over in that. But yeah, it does tie into being able to see what the condition of it is. Um, but having all the marketability of it, that's going to be a part two because okay, there's a that. ton to say on it. But going back to, though, the days on market, though, now is a uh, straight up location. Honestly, this doesn't take much of a comparison. It's pretty much just straight up the same thing. However, metaphorically, there is obviously the literal location. Sometimes it is the right fit and it's great, but it straight up just like doesn't work geographically. Yeah. If you find this beautiful home, it's your dream home. You absolutely love it. It's priced correctly. The condition is exactly what you're ready for and what you're willing to take on. But it's in like Tennessee and you live in Pennsylvania and your job is here yeah. and your kids go to school here mm-hmm. and you are in no position to leave the state because and, everything and you logistically here. whether you're dating or you I, I would say the, the dating and the travel is kind of like your commute probably. Yeah. Are you able to make that commute? That's different. Most people aren't relegated by school district. A lot of people have jobs somewhere and they can't, they've got a a, a certain distance they're not willing to drive, you know, more than they're willing to drive. If you find like the man of your dreams or the woman of your dreams, but she lives in four counties over, then tough shit. You're never going to be able to make that work unless you're really good at long distance relationship. Yeah. If you're in a position to be able to do that, for instance, I got an almost six year old. I'm not in a position to be driving all over God's green earth to go find somebody. Yeah. Somebody else might be, and that would be great. But again, it's just like with your job, are you okay with doing that? And that comes down to a preference. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes that doesn't work. Yeah. It could also be far more metaphorically than that in terms of the location that you're at and the place that you're at in your life and your own personal journey. The same thing with my clients where they don't want to have to drive 45 minutes to work every day or their entire life is in one township and like that's sports. Like I had a, a friend that you know, I've known him for 20 years and he was looking for a look into upsize and he did not want to move out of colonial schools mm-hmm. because he's like, I know all the coaches, like my kids are going to school. Like I don't want to move outside and it's just not logistically feasible for me to go and meet a whole other community of people. Right. So that's the buyer's take. So then as far as like how the location impacts these on market. Um, and this is where I was getting more to with the metaphorical side of things is if a house is in an unfavorable area out where I live, I live in a township outside of the borough, but within the borough, there's some like really beautiful historic houses yep. that have incredible charm. I've shown quite a few, but the school district is not ranked very well. Crime rate and some crime in certain areas, pretty bad. 
there was a an explosion that was not ruled a meth lab explosion, but was definitely a meth lab explosion. And it's a shame because it turns the actual location of where it's at and it devalues. And that's something you can't necessarily change. But fortunately, in my metaphorical sense, the location of where you're at in your life, maybe that you are in like a pretty rundown spot. It's not very favorable. You're not in a great area in your life right now. Fortunately for you, that is something that you can change if you work on your surroundings, work on the people that are around you and get yourself out of there. Get your, and ass, you and get to, your ass to a therapist and if you need it. And get your ass to a licensed <laughs> professional <laughs> and a good one. So I've heard. So that's changing the people who are around you. So, you know, council people, people are in charge of making decisions in the townships, people yep. that you're surrounding yourself with that you're making decisions with. That's the kind of change that needs to be able to happen in order to bring the value back up into that specific location. Yes. So that got a little bit deeper than I had expected it to. But yeah, so that's how price, condition, location are going to impact your sellability and a house's sellability. Okay. Well, what are we going to talk about on the ne- the, the second part? So because this, this is this be- is this is now become a passion project for Jen. I don't uh, know. I think I got your buy-in on this. I think you're, uh, I'm, you're... I'm interested in it. It's clever. I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying, mm-hmm. enjoying these episodes. So I think that covering this days on market piece was really important to at least lay the groundwork because that is the driving force behind what even sells a house. And everybody on both sides, buyers and sellers, need to know that. So now that you are all educated and caught up on that, next we're going to go into inventory. What controls it marketing so we're going to talk more about how to market yourself and market your house and then timing 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 okay yeah is the timing right okay well we'll see you on you guys on the other side see you next week bye thanks for listening to another episode of millennia for more information or to connect with us directly you can always get a hold of us on instagram at millennia podcast double l double n or through each of our pages at janusky gets it done or at ask seth anything until next time keep moving up later